Fika with Anika. The word fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini-meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So, brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. I was reading this article on thelocal.com by Emma Löfgren and thought I would read it out loud to you. Um, it might be an, a fun way for you to get to hear some Swedish words. It's how to talk about the weather in Swedish. Swedish-based listeners have probably heard the saying, Det finns inget dåligt väder, bara dåliga kläder. Which is, there's no bad weather, only bad clothes, approximately 999,000 times. But there are plenty of other weather phrases in the Swedish language that describe all situations from strandväder, which is beach weather, to regn och rusk, rain and nasty weather. Let's start with the four seasons, årstiderna. Vår, spring, sommar, summer, höst, autumn, and vinter, winter. In summer, you're probably hoping for vackert väder, beautiful weather, with solsken, sunshine, and grillväder, barbecue weather, on those yumma, balmy evenings. Dings middle temperaturen, the average daily temperature will rise thanks to the högtryck, high pressure, causing you to feel a bit svettig, sweaty, and northern Sweden will experience midnight sur, the midnight sun, when the sun doesn't set in summer. Remember that en svala gör ingen sommar. One swallow doth not a summer make. In sen sommaren, late summer, there may be some oska, thunder, and blikstar, lightnings, but if you're lucky, you might see a renboge, a rainbow. If the warm weather lasts into early October, it's called Britsommar. Indian summer, literally Brit summer, after St. Bridget of Sweden, whose national day falls on October 7th. Come autumn, the weather will turn grått och trist, gray and dull, mulet, overcast, molnigt, cloudy, and blåsigt, windy. It's time to get your parapluie umbrella out and maybe even your regnjacka raincoat and gummistövlar uh, wellies or rubber boots. Low-lying dimma fog or mist over fields is sometimes referred to as elvstans or fairy dance. 
There are several words for Niederbara, precipitation, including Dugreng, drizzle, Regnskur, a shower, Helreng, downpour, or Ösreng, a heavy rain. If it's raining cats and dogs, you say that Regnet store some spoon i bakken. Literally, the rain stands as rods on the hillside. November will be here sooner than you think, and it might prompt you to, to exclaim, Ush, vilket väder! Ugh, what miserable weather! Or even, vilket jävla skit väder! Literally, and apologies to the listeners, what devilish bleep bleep weather! If Anders Braskar Julen Slaskar. That means that if the weather is rainy with plenty of slusk, slush, on November 30th, St. Andrew's Day, the saying goes that there will be a beat Yule or white Christmas. Finally, it's winter and snowflakes will start to fall. As you might imagine, there are plenty of words for snow in Swedish, including blöt snow, wet snow, puder snow, powder snow, ny snow, new snow, and snömod, slush but often mixed with mud, and not as far along as the melti- in the melting process as slusk or slush. Kram snow literally translates as squeeze or hug snow and refers to snow that is just wet and firm enough to make excellent snowballs. Skara refers to this crisp surface on snow which is formed when the top layer melts and then freezes again. You think that is never going to end but sooner or later you will see the first dog's maya when the sun is strong enough to melt the snow or ice, despite it being below freezing. That's when you know that Tyr is on its way, and when the mercury edges above zero degrees Celsius and the snow melts, causing for flood, spring flood, and ice loosening when this ice breaks apart. After rain comes sunshine. After rain, there's sun, and soon you will see spring flowers emerging, such as snowdropper (snowdrops), followed by tussilago (coltsfoot), vitsipur (wood anemone), and crocus or crocus. Enjoy the vorsul, your spring sun. Finally, remember to. Inte tala om den snö som föll i fjol. Not talking about the snow that fell last year, meaning that you should let bygones be bygones. Thank you for listening in. So here we are. It's Wednesday afternoon again. Thank you for tuning in to Fika with Annika. I hope you have your favorite brew in hand and you're sitting in your favorite uh, comfortable chair or riding in your in your automobile and driving safely. 
I have in the studio today uh, two uh, Awanga residents that uh, you probably know. Uh, Bill and Noel Donahue are here. Uh, they're known for their efforts with uh, nonprofit groups in, in the area and also for their, um, you know, for if you follow them on Facebook, you know about their Irish wolfhounds and uh, I also big uh, pig breeders I've seen on there too. But that's not why you're here. I, uh, I welcome you to the studio and uh, with that said, Bill, if you want to start. Tell us. Well, thank you. What's One on correction: your mind. we live in Sage and not Awanga, oh. just on the other side. It's all okay. right. Sage is forgotten by everybody. Which is why one of the things, one of the reasons why you're here to talk about the Sage community. Right, and what happened is uh, we moved to Sage, but then got very involved in Anza because I went to church over here and then got involved in a fun group, and I really wasn't doing much in the town I lived in. Right, it's not really a town, the, the community I live in, and. Um, so then uh, I went to a couple of meetings that are held by Eleni Molandrinos, who was very active in a community organizer in SAGE. And, uh, and she seemed to be banging her head on the wall a little bit with the county government and, you know, doing a lot of screaming and, and yelling, but not sure how to actually get things accomplished with there. Well, dealing you know. with Riverside County, I can see why. It, it, it is a little tough. <laughs> So at one of those meetings, I met Andy Domenigoni uh, okay. from Winchester, and he talked about how they formed the Winchester, which is now Winchester Homeland Town Hall Association, as a uh, 501c3 nonprofit. That immediately perked my ears because I said, well, how are you a 501c3? You should be a C6 or a C7. You know, how are you pulling that right, off? Right, like a chamber of commerce? Right, or? exactly. Mm -hmm. how, how are you doing that? Because that's a big deal to be able to get a C3. And I went and met with Andy and uh, basically took a look at their organizing documents. And then I said, well, why are we reinventing the wheel? Winchester's already done this. They know how to do this. And... Uh, I virtually took their documents and changed Winchester Town Hall Association to Sage Town Hall Association. I added things that are required now by the IRS that weren't required then, like a conflict of interest policy and things to make it updated. Uh, we submitted, formed a uh, nonprofit, and were granted the 501c3 status in Sage. And uh, just out of curiosity, were you able to use the easy form, or did you have to use the long form? I, I used a long form, the long when we, form. When we, okay. to get it done. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but I was happy. Our, we expected our, uh, an initial rejection and having to appeal it, and it went through on the first try, and I was, I was extraordinarily happy with that because I really feel like we are um, stretching the limits of, of what a 501c3 can do. You know, I mean, and, and it really is walking on the line. So I have to be very careful how we function in that that role. Yes. And, uh, I, well, the, th the problem is that people associate it with the word charity mm -hmm. and uh, not scientific and, uh, you know, religious and, and educational, right. which is like one of the uh, the qualifications for it. So the word charity is something that, you know, <laughs> that it is, has been expanded upon. Right. So you actually are in a comfortable zone. Right. And mostly what we functioned in is uh, there's a an allowance for uh, combating community deterioration. And that's a pretty broad, undefined term. And I've been able to fit a lot of things in there uh, in that are maybe more activist than, you know, because we feel like certain things are 
would cause deterioration in the community. And, uh, right, but you can't be political, though. You're not, no, not, no. At, you're not activists. We're not activists. No. It, it's really, I'm walking on a, on a it, very thin line. It's the social right. aspect of it, the social welfare aspect of it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's, we been, we did that, and then um, I had the initial board, and I and, um, explained to them, I said, look, Winchester's 35 years in front of us. Right, I mean, this, a lot of this stuff is going to take years to do, but also more population. They have more population. They started years before. Um, we're basically starting very late in the game, with a very small population on a very large piece of real estate. Sage is one hundred eleven point one four square miles. We are bigger than the city of Riverside. I'm sorry, repeat that again. How many? One hundred and eleven point one four square miles. Well, you get goosebumps hearing those numbers. Yeah, okay. no, we are an enormous. We have fourteen hundred and forty active mailboxes in one hundred and eleven square miles. We put rural in the word rural, right? You know, okay. We are far more rural than Anza, Awanga, anything else. We are just spread out, and then we have several very large ranches, Pavoreal ranches, two thousand acres in in Sage. Um, so they, you know, I mean, that's got one home on it and it's 2000 acres and, right. Uh, that, that's the old, uh, John Wayne, John Wayne. Yeah. And then you have the Disney ranch, which is adjacent, which is almost as large, right? I think it's like 1,850 acres. Those are pretty large swaths of land with virtually no homes or one home on there. Um, so that makes us, um, a big area with a very small population per, you know. Well, like I said, Sage is, uh, shares two zip codes with Hemet. And even though uh, we are more than four times the size, the city of Hemet, we're attached to Hemet like a postage stamp, right? you know, as far as mail. Is that one of the reasons for forming the association? It is. It is, it is problematic in that if we make major purchases like a vehicle or we do online purchases, you are taxed based on your zip code. Hemet has a 1% higher sales tax than unincorporated Riverside County. So we are paying taxes for services we do not receive. If we uh, call for services like the fire department or that, and you give your address as Hemet, you're directed to the Hemet PD or Hemet Fire. They do not provide services to SAGE, right? And then you have to be redirected to uh, the fire department. Most of the SAGE residents have learned to call it SAGE, right? You know, and... Uh, the only, um, the post office has allowed us to use Sage as an alternate city on our, our mailing address. In fact, uh, you can get your driver's license as Sage. You know, there's a lot of things, but the zip code still pops up as Hemet. There's no way around that. So we have been pushing the post office for now two and a half years to give us our own zip code. I've had Chuck Washington ask him. Uh, both uh, Ken Calvert and Dr. Ruiz have written letters asking the post office to do it. Um, the last hurdle they gave us, they, they wanted a GIS map of SAGE showing all the boundaries and all that. I didn't have a clue how to have one of those made, right? Where you would even start. Who's they? The post office demanded that. But they're the government. They are the government. And so we, they would have access to maps. We were and using map their map. I was using the U.S. Post Office map, and I said, look, when you close the post office in Sage, you created two rural routes in the 95.44 zip code, and you expanded one rural route in the 95.43 to cover all the residents in Sage. Just back those rural routes out that you created, and 
they're sage. You know, this is the boundary. So at one time, it, it did exist uh, independent of, of Hammett then. Is Absolutely. It, it had its own post office, its own zip code. Uh, sage is the oldest community on this mountain. We pre-exist Riverside County. We were called San Ignacio when it was San Diego County. But the, the, we are on the map in 1900 as Sage, you know, the GIS map. The problem is they wrote Sage at the corner of East Benton and Sage Road on the map and didn't draw any boundaries. So we had to go back and look through uh, Riverside County records from 1893 and 1896 as they uh, made uh, San Ignacio became... Uh, Oh my God, I'd drawn a blank on the name of this beekeeper that they named it after a beekeeper in, in that time and they changed the name in uh, 1893. And by 1896, apparently they were angry at that beekeeper because they petitioned the county commissioners back then to uh, change the name to Sage. And they took what was called the Diamond Voting District, which is Diamond Valley. Now most of that's underwater, but there's a little bit of Diamond Valley. They attached it to what was San Ignacio and... Uh, they made sage. So we've had boundaries as sage since 1896 and as a recognized community, but all that got lost. And with the closing of the uh, post office, it just, we, we kind of uh, floated into the netherworld. And where was the post office located? At East Benton and Sage Road, right where there. Where that old where Adobe, Adobe house? houses, yeah. And it was mostly a, a collection of post uh, mailboxes. It was okay. like a mailbox wasn't like a full-service uh, post office. When they closed it, they asked the residents if they wanted to drive to Hammett to get their mail or into Temecula. And back then, Temecula was a fruit stand off the freeway. I mean, it just was not developed. And they chose Hammett. And so that's how we got associated with Hammett back then. And um, who knew what Hammett was going to become in the next 50, 60 years? And, you know... Right. And, and uh, we would still have the same taxation problem had they chose Temecula because Temecula also voted a higher tax. But basically, the border of Temecula generally ends at um, Butterfield Sage Road. It, it, it has, it's not a straight line, but it's mm -hmm. there. All of wine country is outside the city of Temecula in, in an unincorporated Riverside County. And then as you move uh, between there and, and come out East Benton, there's a road called Crossover, and, and then the Sage Boundary tries to go around that. But we have addresses on the west side of Vale Lake in Papa area that are Hemet addresses because they were a part of Sage. You know, so wow. those those people like me, it's a 35-minute drive from my house to the border of Hemet, but I have a Hemet zip code. And that, that just seems ridiculous. So that's been one of our big issues. We also, Lake Riverside Estates is a census-defined place. Anza, Awanga are a census-defined place. Sage is not. So we moved to make it a census-defined place. Uh, we hit a little pushback from the census uh, department just because of the, the size of Sage. That oh. they were saying... You're not really a neighborhood when you go from Diamond Valley Lake to Vale Lake, you know, and, and we really do. It's it's a long, stretched out uh, thing. And at the, uh, oh, my God, I'm trying to think of the Batista Road, uh, we actually hit Anza, the border of Anza is Sage, on back on Batista as you're going down towards Hemet that way. 
sage comes all the way over that far and you just they said that's not a community that's not a neighborhood right you know right so it's the, wilderness or exactly right. so the census the fine place will be smaller than the boundaries of sage you gotcha. know but uh we are on track to be a uh, CDP in the 2020 census. That was another um, successful thing that we did. And uh, I didn't expect to have this level of success in two years. I thought five, 10, you know, that we would, but we have really made extraordinary progress. And part of that is just through Chuck Washington's office has been extraordinarily helpful. Like I said, when I was completely frustrated trying to figure out how to make a GIS map, and I talked to Opal Helwig in his office, and I said, can you, can you point me, where do I even start? And she goes, oh, we have a GIS department in Riverside County. Would you like them to make you a map? And I thought, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. So The resources that we're not aware of. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that was even available to me. So county government employees went down in the archives and searched through them to find those records from 1893 and 1896 to find the boundaries and drew us the maps. And so now we have a map of Sage showing the boundaries. And that's when we found out just how big we were. And I said, oh my God, Riverside, the city of Riverside is like 95 square miles. We're 111, right? I mean, this is just incredibly large piece of real estate. Now, raw land pays less property taxes than developed land. Yes. But there's still a lot of raw land here paying a lot of property tax, right? And we have nothing. Like valley-wide, everybody has valley-wide on your property tax bill. We don't have a public slide, never mind a park in Sage. Right? Well, Awanga residents have uh, valley-wide. I'm not sure if Anza residents have. I think they voted <coughs> against it. Okay. I, okay, I yeah. Yeah, but we pay valley-wide taxes mm -hmm. on all that area and have no valley-wide services. Right. right. So uh, we approach valley-wide. There's a golf course on um, Cactus Valley Road that is closed and is for sale. The owner believes it's gold-plated, you know, and he has a price that uh, is in the stratosphere. But I said, if we can talk him down into a uh, reasonable price for an abandoned golf course that doesn't have enough water to function as a golf course, could the county buy it, turn it into a park, right? It's right there. It's not far from Diamond Valley Lake. You know, I mean, we could actually have... Hiking a, opportunities. And yeah. And then our secretary, Lindy Dana, uh, is very smart lady. And she came in with a spreadsheet showing them how they could rent it as a winning venue and make some money and, and actually made that pitch. Uh, Valleywide seems uh, destined to open two more dog parks in Temecula rather than uh, buy that property. But we've at least broached that with them and, and uh, started that conversation. So that may be something down the road. It may be more years before we get a park. It may be at the golf course, maybe some other location in Sage. But we'd like to have a, a community building and a park. Right now, we meet in the fire station. And like we have a meeting planned in January. Haven't set a real date yet for January. But it's a little brisk in the fire station. Yeah, because yeah. there's two, two doors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One it, in, one out, and yeah, so you get breezy. Pe you get people to come out in, in, in their heavy jacket to listen to a speaker. And, uh, you know, we... Um, Sit on cold chairs. Right. So yeah. hemp's become an issue up here as industrial hemp and whether it's coming. I uh, have a local hemp grower. And, and I said, would you be willing to come answer people's concerns? And because they are concerned about water usage, 
um, in hemp's a legal agricultural product, not like cannabis, and it's coming through as a, right. a thing. But we have an example with Paso Robles in the area east of Paso Robles up in the Central Valley where they move, they used to run cattle and people had single-family homes and it was fine. And then they decided it was a good place to grow grapes. And grapes and vineyards are perfectly legal industries. And they moved in there. And they've taken enough of the groundwater that people were drilling new wells and going deeper. They are now taking water that they call dinosaur water, right? You know, because mm-hmm. they had to go much deeper. There are places where the ground has actually sunk from the loss of groundwater. And I said, you know, people are concerned without water quantification up here. How do you know there's enough water to handle a big agricultural product, whether it's potatoes, grapes, hemp, whatever it is? And if the county's going to open this up to hemp, and all the cannabis growers claim that this is a perfect climate to grow uh, the plant, right? If that's coming, then the people are concerned, are their wells going to go dry? So I said, let's have it. A discussion, not a fight. Just have a discussion and, and see if there's a way to bring that because hemp could possibly bring a lot of money into the area or it could bring devastation, and I don't know which one it's going to be. Right, you know? right but but uh, you're, you're reaching out <coughs> and, you know, trying to educate the uh, the neighborhood. So that's Correct. good. And, and we're doing that. So. Okay. That, that's uh, a couple of things we're doing. Uh, we had a... Uh, uh, because Sage Community Watch, which is Elaine Melandrinos and, and what she does, and she's very concerned with like crime and those kind of things that we haven't really focused on as Sage Town Hall Association. And she has meetings at the fire station. We've tried to have more event type things. We had an emergency preparedness event where we taught people uh, uh, different things about emergency preparedness. I had a talk on how to hook up a generator properly because I'm a retired electrical contractor and, you know, what to do and a lot of people are hooking their generators up in ways that are very dangerous and and uh, not only for them but the linemen that are working on uh, power uh, you can backfeed your power off your generator right onto the under the line and kill people i mean this is this is requires a way to uh, what is called a transfer switch that cuts it out so the generator power can never go onto the line and uh, i said look you need a licensed electrician to do this because if your generator, your portable generator, catches fire and burns your house down, your insurance policy does not have to pay because it wasn't hooked up legally. You're, I mean, you're saving a couple hundred bucks not hiring a licensed electrician, but you're putting your entire risk, your house at risk in your insurance policy. So we did those kind of talks in, in SAGE. Um, we also did a horse loading demonstration because a lot of people never put, never trailer their horse. And we found out in a Julian fire when I went down to help people get their horses out that the horses that were not trained to trailer, I couldn't train them at, during the fire. We just turned the horses loose and moved on to the next people. And the Julian fire moved like a, uh, I mean, it was the fastest moving fire I'd ever seen. And that's the one what in, uh, Greg was in, in, in Iraq. I'm trying to think when this was. 10, 15 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And it crossed the 15 freeway like it was nothing. And you know how wide that freeway is down there. That fire jumped that freeway like it was not not even in its way. And uh, my son, when he was down there, he he called me and he goes, Dad, I feel like I'm driving into Armageddon. 
I've never seen flames this big and this is, it's just coming at us. So those kind of things matter. We're a big horse community in Sage and uh, a lot of people never thought about how do I evacuate my animals in the event of fire. And uh, then when we had the Cranston fire up here, uh, it was a big eye opener for people in Anza that suddenly they had no water in the next morning and there was no power. Right? And uh, uh, people hadn't prepared. I was surprised how many people had no preparation up here and were totally dependent on the community hall and what we produced out of the community hall. Right. So hold that for a second. Yeah. We're going to take a short break. Sure. We'll be uh, right back. Stay tuned. Fika with Anika. K-O-Y-T-L-P, ANZA, your public radio station. High Country 4-H is holding an event called ANZA's Got Talent. We really hope you come and audition. The auditions will be at the Little Red Schoolhouse, and the dates are January 26th and February 2nd and 9th. All of the dates will be from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. The acts slash talents need to be appropriate for children family-friendly, non-political or religious, and rated G. The entry form can be found at Lorraine's Pet Supply and Marketplace Cooperative. Or you can contact Anza's Got Talent email at anzagottalent at gmail.com. That is A-N-Z-A-G-O-T-T-A-L-E-N-T at gmail.com. And we will happily send you the entry form. The date for Anza's Got Talent will be April 4th. Please enter and audition. We hope to see you there. Anza Lions Club Cowboy Christmas will be Saturday, December 14th, 1 p.m. at the Anza Lions Club Arena on Kirby Road. Santa's sleigh arrives at 2 p.m. Support and celebrate with local organizations such as the Lions Club, the VFW, KOA, Anza Area Trail Town, Thimble Club, Anza Chamber of Commerce, Baskets of Love, Serenity Ministries, 371 Nonprofit, and more. There will be a Parade of Lights, Santa's Workshop of Vendors, Gingerbread Creations Contest, Eggnog Contest, Christmas Cookies Contest, and an Ugly Sweater Contest. Secure your viewings to watch Santa's sleigh and reindeer arrive at 2 p.m. After he arrives, there will be goodies and pictures. Will you visit with Santa? Enter your gingerbread creation, eggnog, and or Christmas cookies into the contests. The entry fee for the contest is $10 or a new unwrapped toy for KOA's toy drive of equal value. Don't forget to wear those ugly sweaters for the contest. Make some ornaments for your tree and play some games. The lineup for the Parade of Lights begins at 4 p.m. The parade will start at dusk at approximately 5 p.m. and winners will be awarded immediately after the parade. Enter the parade on foot, on horseback, a tractor, car, even Christmas carolers are welcome. 
entry fee for the parade is $10, or a new unwrapped toy for KOA's toy drive of equal value. For information about the event, vending, or volunteering, their website is www.anzalions.org. Anza Lions Club Cowboy Christmas, Saturday, December 14th, 1 p.m. at the Anza Lions Club Arena on Kirby Road. We hope you have a very merry Cowboy Christmas! Welcome back to Fika with Anika. So thank you. Thank you for uh, staying tuned with us. I'm here with my guest, Bill Donahue. So Bill, you were just talking about per, uh, emergency preparedness and wildfires and uh, the work at Community Hall. So please continue. Yeah, well, back in the Cranston Fire, um, I was there virtually around the clock for a number of days. I, I was getting an hour or two sleep in between. Um, but we gave ice, water, and food to an average of 1,500 people a day. And our peak day that I think we had signed in was 2003 or two, 2002 people on that Sunday after the fire. Right, and that's serving the ANZA community, that's not the Anza, SAGE community. That was, that was ANZA, and that's what we did up here through the community hall. We have no such facility in SAGE. There's no way to distribute to, to people out there. Um, they were not affected in Cranston, right? You know, they weren't part of the lines that went down, but we would have this same exact problem if Edison goes down, right? Most of Sage are on well, right? There, you know, you get up and your water doesn't work. There's no water comes out of the faucet. There's, there's nothing. And if you don't have a generator and you're not prepared, um, it's just, it, it's pretty dangerous. Yeah. So, and I would say your average Sage resident has probably more disposable income and I don't know we don't have census data to back that up I'm just my gut feeling that uh, a lot of people are business owners and 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 that that are living over there uh, whereas ANZA seems to have a higher percentage of either retired disabled or you know people that are right because uh, you're backing up to wine country and they're, they're a little more affluent yeah correct and there are and then you have like Sycamore uh, Springs which is yes. all a gated community uh, you know, you don't move in there with a, a small amount of money. It takes a, a those are pretty expensive homes on, on that side. And uh, so we did, we do those kind of things to to just not step on Elaney's toes with Sage Community Watch because the, the community needs both. They need us working with the government and, and getting stuff. But they still need somebody like Elaine holding their feet to the fire, and, and you know, and on. she does. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. She's very vocal, and she's uh, yeah. I back her up a hundred percent. She's that woman is like, go go get them. Right. And, yes. And, and so, but part being a partner with her is would be <clears throat> an ideal solution. So. We we tried to do it all together, and it wasn't in a good fit. And I said, you go do what you do best, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll support what you do best. And then we'll do what we do best. You know, I can sit down in in a meeting with the government. I don't know if you remember, but last year 
uh, there was a general plan amendment called GPA 1227 that had most of the rural communities in an uproar. And it was talking about adding uh, commercial onto your residential property. And a, and a lot of people got excited about it. And Eleni was getting uh, petitions signed to stomp it and different community groups did different things. Well, Sage Town Hall went in and had a meeting with the person that wrote GPA 1227. And I, I'm more the, uh, the person that kicks your door down and maybe a little more aggressive. And Lindy comes in as a very understated, very quiet, almost uh, like stay-at-home mom, very, very smart woman. This and is the secretary. This is the secretary, yeah. and people underestimate her like the lady sitting next to me. People <laughs> underestimate her. I tell you, you want to talk to the smarter Donahue? Here she is, right, you know? Yes. But I'm the more vocal. And, and that's the same thing at Sage Town Hall. So Lindy went in and, and she started bringing up case law and talking about different cities that had tried this and got sued over it. And she goes, so when you brought this to county council, how did they tell you you weren't going to get sued over doing GPA 1227 and, and you know that this is legal what you're trying to do? And the person who wrote it said, what? We didn't. And, you know, she just started bringing out one piece of case law after another. And after we left, two of the supervisors, we were told by the, the person who wrote the GPA 1227, two supervisors walked in and said, why was Sage Town Hall Association here? And she said, well, they think GPA 1227 might be illegal and might get us sued. And they said, is it? She said, I don't know. And they told him, table it. And so it got what's called continued off calendar. It just goes off into the netherworld. And they may look at it again, decide it's legal and bring it back at some point. But for right now, it went away. Well, that's how we handle that in a business meeting and in a business environment. Eleni has very different tactics. And sometimes her tactics are what we need. Sometimes those meetings are what we need. Right. And uh, so that's why we need us both. And And... SAGE does not have a, a MAC Municipal Advisory Committee like ANZA. Uh, ANZA and Awanga is in ANZA Valley under AVMAC. Uh, Winchester has that. We just don't. And there's not another MAC in the, in the foreseeable future. There's not one coming for SAGE. So we're trying to do both functions without stepping outside the 501c3 rules, right? You know, and, and so a lot of it is a little bit of a dance and having to change tactics. And sometimes Eleni has to be the person taking the tactics because I can't touch it, right, as a, as a nonprofit. And she does. So that's worked out very well for us. And uh, Well, I know Eleni's concerns are crime and trash and, uh, you know, uh, mailbox theft <coughs> and things like that. Correct. And you're taking a, a different overall approach on this. What are your long-term goals for the association? Well, like I said, our, our primary goal and our, our, let's say, overall philosophy is to reestablish the identity of SAGE because it got lost. We are the only community in Riverside County that is spread, split across three uh, specific plans in the general plan. Anza's in the mountain plan, Awanga's in the mountain plan, SAGE is in the mountain plan, the Pavel plan, and the San Jacinto Valley plan. We are split among them. We have... Uh, we're split among two uh, congressmen. Our, our Ken Calvert and, and Dr. Ruiz take parts of SAGE. We're, the, we're like divided up like 
crazy. And oh I said, goodness. so are you looking to unify it? I would like to, to get it unified. And I don't know if that will eventually have us with one congressman to deal with, you know, if that would be long term. Uh, it's way down the road. First thing was to uh, try to get an identity, uh, getting our own zip code. That would allow us to do uh, in a census designated place or defined place would allow us to have separate crime statistics. Currently, our crime statistics are lumped in with Hemet. Okay, uh, I would I don't know how insurance carriers uh, rate your insurance, but I would think if you're in a higher crime rate, you probably pay higher thing. Uh, my gut feeling is the crime rate in Sage is probably lower than Anza and Owanga, but we are show a higher crime rate because of we're in with Val Vista and Hemet, right? You know, in the in the uh, it, it, it is crazy for us. And so once we separate that out, we have our own statistics on income, age, you know, crime. Uh, it'll help us direct our community. And also in emergency situations when you call 911 <coughs> right. and you don't get directed to him, they understand that this is a, Correct. just like they handle longer and answer. Correct. Okay. All that is, those are kind of the, um, those were the immediate goals. There is no goal to become a city. It, it doesn't make any sense. Residential properties do not pay enough tax to cover the services that we get. And you can't hardly pay for police and fire out of what they collect. And I know everybody thinks, well, I pay through 2000 or whatever a year that, that you're paying enough. It costs a lot to operate a fire station. It costs a lot to have police protection. And, you know, and a post office. Correct, and a, and a post office would cost them. And we're not asking for a new post office. We'll still go to Hemet for our mail. They can have the same exact mail carrier that delivers my mail today come tomorrow. All I want them to do is have a different zip code on it. Okay. And they can handle it all out of there. I'm not asking the uh, post office to spend a lot of money. So you don't want a new postmaster and you don't want a building. I, I'm not yeah. asking for any of that. You now, want tax relief. I want tax relief, uh -huh. and, and, and at some point, if SAGE develops, and, you know, every population everywhere is going to grow. We have the highest growth potential because we are the most rural, right? Uh, and it's there. And some commercial development makes sense. But I want to see where, let's do smart commercial development, not do things like GPA 1227, which says, well, you can have a commercial business on your, on your RR property up here, right, you know? Well, what does that, what does small commercial mean? Is that a small hotel? Is that a gas station? You know, how is that defined? And it wasn't defined at that point. And, um, well, but you're already allowed to have some businesses on your, our, our property. Correct. You I, know, you can be an, a, a beekeeper, <coughs> and a, right. uh, have a chicken farm and, you know. Right. All, all, all those fall under agricultural businesses and they're, and they're different. And that's why the term commercial becomes a big issue. And that's gotcha. why it's a big issue with the cannabis. That are like my manufacturing and Correct. so on. Okay. So it's, they just were like throwing the doors wide open. I said, well, why don't you make a commercial corridor, right? That makes sense. Uh, you know, if the corner of uh, Sage and East Benton, we'd like to see those oak trees preserved and, and some kind of, it's a beautiful scenic place. But there's already a uh, feed store on Sage Road. You know, mm -hmm. if you want to take a, and create a commercial corridor, I have no objections to that. Let's do smart development. Yeah, but then you have more traffic. And the roads are, you, yeah, right. I mean, it's a two-lane highway as it is now. Correct, and we don't have water or sewer. Okay. Right. Uh, the water, Sage goes all the way to Newport Road and State Street, okay? I mean, and the border of Hammond up there by Diamond Valley Lake. 
and there's a, some track homes south of McSweeney Farms uh, residential that are in Sage. Uh, they have uh, public water, but once you get to Cactus Valley, about three houses in, that's where public water stops. And then, so the rest of Sage is on wells and on septic. You can't really do a lot of commercial development until somebody puts infrastructure in, right? You know, in, in the, yes. to do that. And uh, we don't have some parts of Sage may be affected by the water lawsuit that, that is basically strangling ends up, but uh, most of us are in uh, uh, confined aquifers, basically fractures in the rock, where we're not in the lawsuit. But you still don't know is there enough water to develop uh, commercial infrastructure, right? You know, so there, there needs to be water brought up there if we're going to do development. So I'm not thinking in three years or five years, but down the road. And Winchester took control over how they were going to develop their city. And I said, well, let's have a voice. When this develops, right, when development comes, because I'm not saying it'll never come, let's just have a, a, a seat at the table where we get a, a say in what, what's going to happen. And uh, that's kind of long-term plans. And... Uh, those goals, like I said, may take us 20 or 30 years to get them done. And then maybe there'll be new goals to come up in that time. But uh, right now, if we get the, the census-designated place uh, and we get our own zip code, while I'm still there running, you know, and as the well, president, I was, I'd be I was here. just going to ask, how, how long is that going to take? How, is that going <laughs> to incubate for a while? Well, they told us if we produced a map, I have a letter from the... Uh, United States Post Office that said if we produced a GIS map, they would issue the zip code. We produced the GIS map and all the other documents we've been giving them for two years in June and gave it to them, and they have refused their return a phone call since. <laughs> so, well, right. Well, maybe yeah. you needed to mail it to them. You know, they I, it, <laughs> use their it, services. It, 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 I, I presented it to them, and, but Lindy, Dana has been the primary person trying to reach them. And I don't know if she's just too nice and are blowing her off. So the the no more forceful person on our board may go down there and, and, and demand a meeting with the postmaster. And that's, I just have been busy with other stuff. I really have a foot in Anza and a foot in Sage. And I'm hoping to finish yes. up the community hall and get that done in um, early 2020. And then be able to concentrate totally on Sage. And uh, we'll leave the community hall better than we found it and um, let somebody in Anza take it from there. You know, you need new ideas. You need, it needed Noel's expertise at the time. Yes. And I've donated a lot of hours into that hall, getting it where it is. But um, I envision a time where we're out of there and, and uh, Anza residents are running it. And, and so less and less, but uh, getting a Dollar General deal done, picking up, getting the septic finished, a generator installed, that should all happen in uh, by the second quarter of 2020, and uh, we can walk away, wash my hands, and go, thank you. you know. right. mm -hmm. you know that goal will be done. Yeah, I really, it, it, it's been an interesting it, It's work. always a process, There's, right. Well, it, it's crazy that the Dollar General um, deal, and I don't know if it was Dollar General when it, it the dollar store deal with that lot between the community hall and uh, the fire station uh, first was proposed to the county of Riverside in 2012. 
we're approaching 2020 and they may get approval to do it in uh, in end of February 2020. You know, I mean, that's just insane to go through that long. Most people would have walked away a long time ago. And uh, but they're going to donate to the hall a lot of services because they need to connect to a public water system for them to develop. And for whatever reason, the state decided the well at the community hall is a public water system. So we're going to allow them to connect to the hall. But in exchange, that's a valuable asset for them. They can't build without it. Right. So they came into the meeting originally, and I think they thought they were going to offer the hillbillies up there ten, fifteen thousand dollars would be happy. Well, my wife went back and said, "No, you're going to put in all our ADA parking. You're going to repave our parking lot. We need the well improved. You need all that." I mean, she asked for the, what <laughs> the moon. seemed like the moon. <laughs> So Noelle's sitting quietly here in the studio, not saying much of anything, but you are the woman behind behind the man for sure here. Okay. So no, she is, and she is quiet. Like I said, I am the mouth, but yeah. uh, I even thought at the time, are you crazy? There's no way they're going to go for that. She goes, they're going to go for it because they're going to make a fortune up there. It's a long drive to Walmart or down into the desert to Hill, yes. and at the Dollar General, if they offer reasonable prices, and they're generally a little bit higher than Walmart, but not you know, it's a, it's not a bad deal. And you save people driving off the hill, they're going to make a fortune. And she knew it. She could see it. And she said, they're going to pay. And they agreed. And everybody that thought she was nuts all had to apologize. Said, oh, really? They, they did it. <laughs> well, good for you, Noelle. Good job. Now, how do the other businesses feel about Dollar General? You know, <clears throat> the, the Village Market, uh, Cali Produce... I mean, even the liquor store has food. <clears throat> well, the um, they're not going to have produce, so it's it, it's so not. So they're a, not competing. They're not competing with the produce. Um, haven't talked to the Village Market about where they're at. Um, it was just, you know, like I said, if somebody else was offering that kind of money, gladly do it with somebody else. But Dollar General was who came to the table, and then we ended up having to renegotiate the deal. Because along the line, they had found out that at some point they buried a cesspool off the kitchen drain off the off the hall on that side, and that the kitchen drain didn't go into the septic; it's into a cesspool off the thing with two buried 55-gallon drums, kind of as a grease trap, and that created a problem. <laughs> right? I'm not surprised. <laughs> okay, well, but it was built in 1955, so things were different then. Correct. So, yeah, but so that, that I was, mean, we laugh about it now, but yeah, the, the county found out about it. So we've been operating on a temporary fix. We, I buried, uh, had Atlantic come out and put a 1,500 gallon tank in there, and all the drain goes in there, and it, we're pumping it, so no water is going into the ground out of the kitchen. But they want a complete new septic for the the bathroom septic is too small for won't meet code today. Okay. There's not enough real estate on that side of the hall, which is the west side of the hall, to expand that septic. Uh, we hit hard rock at six to eight feet on the east side of the hall, so there was no way. Well, at least in an, in an earthquake, you know, you're not yeah, going to fall into we're not the going hole. In. So the only way we could go was behind the hall in north, on property that we don't own. Go, uh, going uphill. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some grading got to be happening back there and, and uh, to put a septic in, but somebody had to uh, provide that land. 
And so the owners that are selling the lot to Dollar General are going to end up donating a strip of land about 25 feet wide to with it all for that septic system. Noel went out and got a grant for the money to install the septic system. And uh, Dollar General's uh, developer is going to pay all the cost of transferring that land. And above and beyond what they originally agreed to pay, they're paying all the cost to peel off that uh, strip and do the lot line adjustment and do all that. So that took a long time to um, negotiate. Re renegotiate, and uh, that's all uh, verbally approved by okay. among all the lawyers. We're waiting for final documents to sign, but that looks like it's all going to happen for February, the end of February. Okay, very good. So um, just as a uh, sidebar then, do you th feel that Dollar General is actually concerned about our community? And, <clears throat> and you know, I I'm not just here, you know, we're going to offer stuff inexpensively and make a lot of money. Uh, do you think they're going to be, uh, obviously they're giving <laughs> back to the community by helping the community hall. Uh, but uh, I'm just thinking in other goals too. Do you... I don't. I don't know uh, if any business owner's motivation is other than making money. You know, I mean that they're there. They have given and are giving a tremendous amount to the community hall and and, and to the community. Um, they agreed not to rip out the Christmas tree. Uh, the county had told them. Oh, that, you you would have. Oh, oh no, goodness. we we told them just. <laughs> right. uh, Prepare for the uh, torches and pitchforks, right? Yes. You know, Don't touch the trees. Right. Mm -hmm. So they redesigned their parking lot to accommodate leaving that tree, and they're going to allow the tree lighting and all that to happen. They didn't want to alienate the community, you know, and I understand. And this is their customer base. Why alienate it? You know, so they've done that, but I don't know that I would say um, that I know what their motivations are. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked to them about business things and, and, uh, um, our motivation has been clear. What's good for the community hall, of course. right? And Which I, means it's all good for the community. So, right. yeah, great. <coughs> well, that's all very fascinating and informative. I really appreciate you coming in today, both Noel and, and Bill. Um, I'd like to invite you back at a later time when we get closer to uh, the development of the Dollar General and see how the progress has gone. And maybe, you know, keep us informed with the, the Sage uh, Community um, Association, how, how that's going. So, um, and I'd like to talk to you about pigs and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Noelle, I don't know too much about, other, about you, but, you know, maybe come in and talk about grant writing, too. There's a lot of opportunities here. You're, uh, you're uh, both very interesting people, and I'm really glad that you could come in today. Next time we'll let Thank Noelle you. talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I might need duct tape, but we'll go. <laughs> um, I hope right. that happens. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so thank you for coming in. Right. Appreciate right. no it. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, before you leave here, uh, is there a, any way that people who might uh, have questions about Community Hall or the Sage Community Association, I'm calling it the wrong thing, <laughs> I know, right. I know, um, uh, is it how to reach you for either organization? Well, um, Sage Town Hall Association has a website, sagetownhallassociation.com, right? Uh, we are sagetownhall at gmail.com for email. The Anza Community Hall is actually, the corporation name is Anza Community Building, Inc. And so their uh, website is anzacommunitybuilding.org, right? And uh, their Facebook page, there is a uh, Anza Community Hall Facebook page that the hall doesn't have total control over, doesn't have ownership of. 
So there's an Anza Community Building Facebook page that is easier, and their uh, their email is achageneral at gmail dot com. Okay. You know, and so that yeah, that's a, any questions about any of those things, they can reach them. Okay, right. very good. And they can all, always find you at Community Hall. I know that you do your your food giveaway if people want to come in and just shake your hand or, or ask a question. Yeah, every Thursday they, I'm there from ten to about noon, and then. Uh, you know, hopefully less time at the community hall. Come okay, <laughs> all right. Thank you. All right, all right. now you can go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Anika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put Fika in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day.